0: christian circles it's like they look down at a person who's caught in an addiction or someone who is in in this kind of depraved situation where where reality has just turned upside down and there's there's and they point fingers at them and they mock them and they and it's like it's 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 like uh you know like the signs people walking around like turn or burn well they think that's clever and they think that's smart, but that is something to shed tears over. So where's your heart?
1: Here it comes, a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your world. Of new life, you would, oh God, you were to be making me all that I need to be. World, oh God, means the world to me. The world to me.
2: Hello, everyone, welcome to A Word with God. I'm your host, John, and this evening it is a uh, a happy Thanksgiving message that Stan gave, called "A Journey to Depravity."
0: Well, that is that is just kind of the bizarrest thing, wasn't it? But yeah, you, you tell where my brain was just turned off when it came to planning this out.
2: Planning Thanksgiving, yeah, but it, it's because we're going through a series right now that 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 we're calling. Uh, the Gospel of Jesus, right? In Romans, and I'm Not Ashamed of the Gospel is the subtitle for that. Yeah. So, you know, we're just going through, and as God, as God leads, that's where we're following.
0: Well, I was paying attention to Christmas. It really works out well at Christmas, but <laughs> Thanksgiving kind of slipped me. So, the journey of depravity into Thanksgiving. All right, well,
2: let's get started, and we'll uh, maybe hit a question, too, at the end.
0: Okay. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 26. And we're going to go to verse 20, 32. And in the annals of history, this has probably not been a real popular Thanksgiving message. But it's God's message for us today. And you know what? Honestly, I was really looking at Christmas and I'm making sure that Christmas... And I kind of forgot about Thanksgiving. And so I really look at it and said, like, God had His finger on this. In this chapter, these verses are for us today. Even though it's not your typical turkey thanksgiving kind of message. Father, we come to you this morning. We open our hearts and all that we are. We give ourselves to you. We are thankful to you. We love you. And Father, some people that we love have been on this path. And maybe some of us, we just don't understand why they've chosen what they've chosen. Sometimes we just like to hide and forget about it. Sometimes we'd like to pretend that these things aren't. But that's not what you've done in our lives. You've called us to enter into our culture and into our world and to not run away. And so we're not going to run away today, Father. We're going to be up front and we're going to look at these things. And we need your guidance. The only thing that you bring to us that gets us through is your hand on our life. So this morning, Father, speak to our hearts as only you can. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, okay, here's what we've gone through so far. Your beloved of God, God loves you. You got that? God loves you. And, and even though he walks this walk away from God, that needs to be ringing in your ears, God loves you. Number two, we saw that the church is God's place for you. It's it's not in your living room listening to Rex Humbard on Sunday morning. That's not what God has for you. Chuck Stanley, love Chuck Stanley. Chuck Stanley would tell you get into a church. Love James McDonald. James McDonald would say get into a church. Get dug in. Be part of get connected and thirdly we saw that there was a walk away from God that the people in this world even though it was evident even though God made himself known even though creation points that there is a God in this universe that we need to reach out to even though that we see that this God has displayed his wonders in the heavens and that he has written a book and he's talked about these things to us um, man still walks away and this week kept scratching out the nail this is a hard nail and this is where i ended up the journey away from god ends in depravity now that's a real downer i know that's not a thanksgiving upper message but that's where scripture is taking us today and we need to look at that in verses 26 to 27 on this journey away from god we see being given over to depravity verse 26 for this reason for their desire to walk away from God. That's where we were last week. Their desire to walk away from God, their desire to create a new reality without God. Reality shows didn't just come about in the last 15 years. People have had this thing about creating an alternative reality for as long as we've been alive. For this reason, God gave them over. It means to put into somebody else's hand, puts into somebody else's control. We've already looked at this word a couple of times. Think of my dog Benaiah on a leash and 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 like who's in control you have to hand it over to somebody to be in control if you let go of the leash the dude just goes where he's going to go right across the road this week after some rabbit thing going on and it's just like when he sees a rabbit or a squirrel his mind is not on anything but the rabbit or the squirrel somebody needs to be in control of the dog or he's going to get hurt And we need to be under God's control, but there is a point in time where God hands the leash over. And uh, we see where to now. God gave them over to degrading passions. God's giving them over. Passions there, depraved feelings. The sense here is that God finally takes away his hand and allows the people to have what they want. It's the same as in the heart of Pharaoh. It's like God took his restraining hand. God was working and God was in Egypt and finally the people pushed and they went away from God and finally there's a thing you never want it talks in scripture about the cup of God's wrath being full. It's like the final drop has come in and God takes all restraining hands off and it comes and it flows and You don't want to be there. You don't. You want the person you love to be there. And that's what happened in this part of Romans. He says it got to a point speaking to the Roman world at this time. The Roman church and all that is surrounding you. I mean, if you want to kind of throw up in the gutter, just read about Roman history and where this nation was at. And this, you know the scary thing? The thing that makes me shake is it sounds like I'm reading about Toronto or Vancouver. That's what it sounds like I'm reading about. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. And then he begins to describe these degrading passions as he walks ahead here for... This is explanatory. He's going to explain these passages. like, if you don't get it, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, let me have a little descriptive here and describe what this looks like for their women. Exchange the natural function, natural design. Genesis chapter 2. You want to know how men and women were created to come together and live together and bring something unique to a relationship that reflects God's relationship? It's inside the Godhood. That's why sexuality is so important. It's it's like God says, I'm going to create a picture of how the Father, the Spirit, and the Son function together. I'm going to create this picture in marriage, and it's going to be a walking example of how I am and how we function. And so marriage and sexuality becomes this portrait of what God is like. For their women exchange, women turning away from men is really what's talking about there, exchange the natural function, the natural design, Genesis two eighteen to 25, the normal sexual function that women have for that which is unnatural, not native, if it's unnatural, if we have an unnatural plant, magnolias are not native to Canada. We're just a little chilly for that. It's not natural what the exchange was. Women turning not away, only away from men, but verse 27, in the same way also, the women are turning to other women, is what this is saying. The same way that women are entering into, into relationship with men is the way they now are returning Entering into relationship with women, women on women, sexual relationships. The men abandoned, in the same way the men abandoned, means to choose to let go, to no longer pursue. So you got Benaiah out for a walk, you said, I just can't, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of the rope. They chose, men abandoned, they let go of the natural function, the natural design of the women. The natural God-designed desires. The natural God-designed relationship. And it says they burned. It's heightened lust there. It's like adding oxygen to a fire. So now it's not just like it's like like blue hot. Longings, these cravings, the lusting for what God has said no to. Men turning away from women. and, and, And these men, they go to the very against the very nature that God gave them and they grabbed onto a new reality. The new reality flamed like gasoline. Ever put gasoline on a fire? I was about 14. And I couldn't get this fire going. And, and I'd been making maple syrup all night the night before fire had gone out. And I loaded it up with wood. And I couldn't get it to go. And, and there must have been a glowing ember somewhere. Because I had this gas can. And I'm sloshing the gas in. Just like, come on, get going. And I'm going to put a match to it. But it hit. And, and it just went. Blues, you know blow a gas can right out of your hand? And it just like goes the other direction. Just like whoosh. Like flames of gasoline. Consume them. Men with men. In decent acts there's this graphic descriptive word of the sexual intercourse with a woman, but it's performed with a man. And so like God's like Paul's being really there's no doubt what he's talking about. You're gonna see in circles if you kinda Google, if you go on blogs, there's this thing out there in the church is saying, Well, this is not really what God's talking about. It's, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, the real problem there is they weren't hospitable. And that's why God fried the place because of their inhospitality. What? Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving, taking back into themselves in their own person, their own bodies, their own soul, the due penalty it's a negative consequences is what it's talking about of their error. Negative consequences, the end result of these degrading passions being lived out is that the one who follows that path is hurt and scarred.
2: Hey, Stan. Question for you: Where do you go to church on Sundays?
0: I, I go to One Twelve Spadina Road West. John's the same place you go. I'm just checking. Just have you never sure. seen me
2: there? I have seen you there, but normally like, you're I'm speaking the guy up front. up front speaking. I know you did a great job of it too. So One Twelve Spadina Road West, and it's Evangel Community Church. Evangel Community Church, right close to uh, St. Mary's. It's fairly close to there,
0: Kitchener, Ontario. Grab a Tim's. See you there. I have, a, I have a lot of contact with through some, just some circumstances of life I have a lot of contact with gay men. And there's not one of them in the dark alone at night who will not wrap their arms around you in tears and cry and they may put a good show on at uh, the Toronto Festival but when they're alone there's fear and there's hurt and there's pain emotional pain, shame, fear, physical, just what comes with territory, spiritual, no peace with God, future judgment. And they try to live that. Some struggle with that. Some just block it out. They live in the alternate reality. No wonder they live in an alternate reality. I hope your heart goes out and you have compassion. That's our next section, having the right attitude. And first thing we see here is that nowhere in Scripture does it give the impression that God enjoys seeing men and women suffer. Nowhere. And it really gets under me. There are some writers out there. It's kind of like they're they're rubbing their hands, saying like they're getting what they deserve. Like you've missed God, and you've missed God's heart. God doesn't enjoy that. God doesn't get some sick, twisted pleasure and raining judgment upon evil. It grieves the heart of God. It's because of his justice, and you match that with his mercy. And he makes a way out, and men and women will still turn from the way out and cling on to their own reality. And, and God's heart is not there. God's plea is to turn from sin. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. The second thing here is that God's heart is always for calling the person back to him in repentance. That's where God's heart is. It's like a parent with a wayward child and your heart aches and yearns for them. some of you got little kids and you haven't hit that part yet. And, and some kids seem to go through it and some kids don't seem to, but there's always that part where just, your heart is yearning for something better because you know there's something better for your child. You know what they're doing is destructive. You know the end where it's going to take them. I remember the first time one of our kids got their credit card. They were just so happy to have the credit card. And I'm going, oh, stink. This is not going to end well. Guess what? It didn't end well. And I just, I, my heart grieved right at that point. I go, like, there's a lot of pain that's going to come here. And that's where God's heart is. So the Scripture tells us God's, God doesn't enjoy this. God's calling the person back. Nowhere does God condone abusing another person verbally. Or physically, because of their sin. Warn them, yes. But how? With a heart of love, a heart of compassion. Introduce them to Jesus. Fourthly, the response to sin is mourning and compassion toward the one who's been caught in sin, not anger. Not finger pointing, not smugness, and and I get that in Christian circles. It's like they look down at a person who's caught in an addiction or someone who is in in this kind of depraved situation where where reality has just turned upside down, and there's there's and they point fingers at them and they mock them and they and it's like it's it's, it's like uh, you know like the signs people walking around like turn or burn well. And they think that's clever and they think that's smart. But that is something to shed tears over. So where's your heart? Well, the journey away from God is first given over to depravity. God leaves. God takes his hand off the leash. The second is that what fills you now flows out of you. What fills you now flows out of you. Verses 28 to 31. And just as they did not see fit. It means they're, they're, they, they didn't make, it's, it's like if I was going on a journey, Dan, and you're about to go on a journey, and, and it's like if you didn't pay close attention, if you didn't really do the research, And you just kind of like threw your backpack together and you didn't have all the proper documents and you hadn't checked to see where you might could sleep and and you're going to do an interesting one where you're going to walk a lot and you're going to be sleeping and and kind of like you're going to be right down in the salt of the earth kind of deal but i hope you still did some work and you did some investigation and here's the picture these people didn't investigate they didn't And just as they didn't see fit, just as they didn't really look at the evidence, just as they really didn't have a close look, they didn't see fit to acknowledge God any longer. Spiritual blindness is what we would call this. They could not, they would not see what was evident through creation and through the Word. That was like three weeks ago or two weeks ago. They would not see the creative acts of God for what they were. They would not pay heed, pay attention to God's written Word says God gave them over that same phrase God again lets go of the leash and it's kind of this sense of like there's degrees of letting go of the leash and God has been letting go and letting go and letting go and God gave them over to a depraved it it doesn't stand the test it doesn't stand scrutiny he gave them over to a depraved mind a particular way of thinking and how many people have you seen caught in this say, this is the way I am. This is the way I'm made. This is, this is just who I am. And God is saying, no, here is how I made you. Here is what I've said is what is right and how to interact. But you've turned from reality, grasped your own reality, been stuck in your own truth. And how many times have you watched somebody rewrite history? to make it flow, to make it make sense to them. And you go, I, I didn't see that. I don't remember that. Is that. Okay, you guys with kids, your kids are going to come back to you and say, Mom, I remember that time when you... And you're going, huh? That's not what was going on there. This is the fact. No, no, no. You did this, and you said this, and, and Dad said that. And, 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 and it was just traumatizing to me. And just like parents, you go, oh, my goodness. And you go, and he gives you, you rack your brain, and you go, I, it, it, that ain't the way it is. You begin to rewrite History. God gives them over to a depraved mind, a depraved way of thinking, a depraved way of judging life. God takes these hands off again and allows them to achieve and to be what they earnestly sought to be and have. That scares the tar out of me. What things in my life is God restraining right now? What actions, what attitudes? What ways of operating and doing things and God's restraint and finally God just goes, All right, I'm gonna let you have it. And you kinda of go, Cool Until later on. So God gave them over to depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. What God's evaluation of what proper is and God's evaluation of his practices Genesis 2 tells us God's evaluation of this, this men turning to men and women turning to women. Genesis 2 is God's evaluation. Here's what it is to be. Sodom and Gomorrah kind of give us another little hint of God's evaluation of this. And it's not inhospitality. It's not proper according to God's design. It's saying, God, you designed this. But I don't like the design and I'm going to shift the design and I'm going to make the design after my own heart and after my own direction and I am now going to become the designer. Ever do that to somebody else's? And somebody else And I've told you the story before about the pool, and I redesigned the pool. You should never redesign an above-ground pool and drill new holes and make things fit the way you think. Because some engineer, even though you may not respect him, sat in a in a desk somewhere and did all the pressure points, and he knows how much weight. And when you know what, when you make the pool in your own design, you redesign it, and you get up in the morning, and the side of the pool's over, and all the water's gone out into the neighbor's yard, and maybe in their basement. There could be a lot of trouble because you redesign, picture, flashing red light, even though I have an urge, even though I have an inclination, even though I may have desires, God says not proper, not good for you, you choose this, it will bring suffering into your life, I'm going to redesign, no, don't. Verse 29, being filled means to be completely filled. It's the idea of that last drop, that the cup with the meniscus that's just bowed like the last drop being filled with all. And here's one of Paul's famous lists. This is what they've been given over to. This is, this is, how, they've, this is how they've gotten to this place. And, and here's what their lives have like. And they may not have every one of these, but they'll have earmarks, unrighteousness. Means injustice, law breaking, God's law, man's law, wickedness, evil purposes and desires. It's idea of malice. I'm, I'm going to be wicked because I want to be wicked. I, I want to do. It's, it's like amazing. It ever read those movie people who say, "I really always wanted to play an evil person because I couldn't get away." I I've always wanted to be like this. And you read it and you go, "That's kind of weird." Greed, desiring to have more, insatiable covetousness. I just can't get enough. That's the delving into this sin. Evil, wickedness that's not ashamed to break the law. Not only is it a willing to break, but I'm not even ashamed of it anymore. There's part of that path. Full of envy, wanting and fixating on what someone else has. You find yourself doing that? That's an easy one to get started in. Probably, that's probably... You know, number one. Murder, not not just killing somebody, but but hatred. Killing with hatred. Strife means contentious wrangling. Ever met a person, you're just always wrangling, like always... It, I know somebody who, you know, Liliana, and, they, and if they go into the restaurant, it's like, well, I don't want that on the special. Well, can you substitute this for that? And and it's like they, the, what they want is nothing like the special and the waitress is sitting there going, like, well, I can't give you that. This number. But it's like, like, well, but, but wrangling, malicious, not easy to get along with, full of envy, murder, strife, Deceit, it's, it's, it's kind of the Satan deal, as God said. It's the idea of prepping somebody for sin. Ever thought of that, that, that people are prepped for sin?
2: Okay, so Stan, in, in this message, one of the things you said was that God uh, gave people over to depravity. Now, I know yeah. this is going to sound like one of those obvious questions, but it doesn't sound like a very loving thing to to give people over to depravity. Yeah. So I, I'm, I was hoping you could kind of give us some thoughts on <laughs> on why God would allow that.
0: It's, it's this thing we saw with Pharaoh, that when, when a person is intent, and God, God does not force himself upon a person, mm-hmm. he gives opportunity, he gives uh, his word, he gives general revelation. We learned that in uh, the first chapter of uh, Romans. But God never forces himself, and if a person rejects God long enough, hardens their heart, hardens their conscience, God finally, like this isn't the first thing, but this is after a lot of, you know, prolonged steps, and, and you really, you know, there's, there's no formula to this, but at a certain point, God allows you to have what you desire. Hmm. And that well, happens as a, as a parent as well. We do that with our kids, you know, too.
2: Yeah. There are, t- there are times where you just want to make sure that, you know, they're they're living accordingly. And sometimes they have to have the, the punishment to the actions that they have, right? Mm-hmm. Just the way that things go. The natural punishment mm-hmm. sometimes.
0: And God's desire is that that would push them, again, back to Him. Not it would destroy them, but it would push them back to Him. Right.
2: Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. Again, we're going to continue through Romans next week. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God.
1: Your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new.